Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode three. title for today's episode, I Hardly Dare Hope, comes directly from the wonderful Omar Bromley herself. A message posted in our family WhatsApp group in response to the idea that in the weeks ahead, getting to spend time playing with her grandchildren might be possible again. You see, on her 65th birthday this week, Omar Bromley got her vaccine too. And that passing phrase, I hardly dare hope, sums up so much of the emotional roller coaster of the past year. And I know that feeling well. I think we all know that feeling well. It's the hope that kills you, they say. And there have been many times throughout this pandemic where that has been particularly true. And so that hesitancy to hope for too much, to hope too strongly, to hope too soon. We all know it well. But there is something different this time around. And whilst I have many wishes for the months ahead, one and perhaps the one I wish for most is that the fear and hesitancy, the worry and anxiety, helpful though they may be when they keep us from behaving recklessly, my wish is that they do no more than they are needed to do, and that they do not hold us back from hope, do not hold us back from stepping out again when the time is right. have to confess, I have been slightly nervous about this week's episode of the podcast. Recording for episode one and two felt like they had a really clear purpose to document vaccination day and the results in the days following. But from here on out, the direction is, I suppose, a little less clear. Vaccination day was such an incredible moment, but There is much patient waiting still to be done before things can start to change. On an individual level, an immune response takes two to three weeks to develop. And on a national level, so many restrictions remain in place to be lifted on a timetable to be announced on Monday, but endlessly teased all week this week. This all creates a gap. And I have learned very often in the most painful ways, that when life creates a gap for you, not to rush to fill it, but instead to use it as an opportunity to notice what is most important to you and to move forwards towards it. I've had two of these experiences before, both related to flare-ups of my ulcerative colitis, both times life stopping me in my tracks. And it feels like life is 
ripping everything down to start again. It, it tears down the decorations and helps us to see with greater clarity what is truly essential. Anyone who's ever done any mindfulness or cognitive behavioural therapy may be familiar with the idea of creating a gap between our thoughts or feelings and our decision to act on them. In pausing to notice thoughts and emotions, in naming them, in creating just a small space between the thought and ourself, the feeling and ourself, we find just enough of a gap to decide if it is helpful or hurtful. And in that gap, we can decide to act and respond, or to let the thought or feeling move on. So when life hands you a gap, forces one upon you, like waiting for a vaccine to work its magic, then it's a moment to think about what's important for the weeks and months ahead. Who will I share a walk or a run with when we can meet outside? Who will I invite over for dinner when the time comes? Who will I hug first when I have the chance? Which parts of normal life do I actually want back and which can stay in 2019? What can I learn about my revealed inner strengths that I can hold on to in future hard times? Which Isle of Lidl? am I going to hit up first? This week in particular in England, with plans and dates leaking and being teased, it feels like the world is in such a rush to have normal back, whatever normal means. Hell, even I just started dreaming of little aisles, but perhaps we should not be so quick. This year there are many things which, and people who, have been lost painfully lost. And many of us have dealt with that alone without the full support of those we would usually have around us to help us make sense of it all. So let's not rush to fill life once again with things we don't need. Things I used to buy, places I used to visit, things I used to do just out of habit, rather than letting them creep back in just pausing to check if they're what I really want or have they in their absence created space for something new to grow? Does that space need to be carefully nurtured to allow room for new things to grow without being crowded out by the past? So this week I'm taking a mental stock check making sure anything spoiled, any parts of life that are past their best before date are properly thrown out and don't creep their way back in. And then slowly and purposefully, as time and life allows, I can start to bring back in things that I really want or need or that bring real joy, allowing new things to grow. I want to add a little thank you at this point. I started this section saying I was a little nervous about today's episode. 
And that is partly because I see this podcast as one of those new things I'm letting grow in the space that clearing out some old life junk has made. Something which has allowed me to find connections that I was simply not expecting. From hearing a friend tell me that she sent the first episode to her mum nervous about her own vaccination to having people message me with their own experiences and stories of vaccination day and the way it made them feel. People making kind suggestions and asking me to talk about particular things. People sharing quotes on Instagram. People reaching out in response to stories I've shared. It all means more than I can put into words. I am so grateful. I hope I can do right by you all and keep making things which keep that connection open. It's Tuesday the 16th of February, Pancake Day. It's about 3pm and I'm making pancakes. I had been planning to make them after dinner, but I've just seen the news that shielding guidance has been extended from ending on the 21st of February to the 31st of March. The news of another 38 days of feeling locked away needed soothing with pancakes. And so pancakes were made and eaten and enjoyed. The 21st was a day I was really holding out hope for. Three weeks after vaccination day, enough time to allow some immune response to have developed. On the day before the path out of lockdown was to be shared. And a delay like this in the grand scheme of things is not all that significant, I know. But that doesn't change that feeling of it being a real blow. It's the hope that kills you, eh? Coming up next on today's episode is my first ever interview. This one with Jess Clark, who you can find on Instagram at Clark underscore PT. If you've got suggestions for other people you'd like to hear on the podcast, then don't forget to reach out on Instagram or Twitter at LifeAfterVax, V-A-X. But for now, here's the first part of my interview with Jess Clark. I'm joined by the wonderful Jess Clark, who is, I mean, let me give you an introduction. Jess Clark is an amazing personal trainer, fitness enthusiast. But one of the reasons I really, really wanted to interview Jess is because, um, Jess, you have recently become an NHS frontline worker and have just had your vaccination. First of all, tell me about becoming an NHS frontline worker because you were a personal trainer and then obviously lots of the gyms all closed. Yeah. And so you're in the NHS frontline. Tell me about it. How did that happen? What's that been like? So um, 
I used to work for the NHS when I was at university. So when I was studying to be a personal trainer, I was working there before. And it was, I liked the flexibility of it. And that is like why I went self-employed as a personal trainer, because I loved having flexibility with work. So obviously I went self-employed um, in January 29, no, 2020. <laughs> So I went like, I I know, I left my job, I was working a full time job, and I left my job and went fully self employed in January 2020. Um, And I was working for three months, and then the gyms closed. Um, So for the first lockdown, I wasn't, I was doing a lot more outside because the weather was better. And this time around, Obviously, with weather, it's very dependent on what I can do coaching wise. Um, And I felt like I was not using my time. And I was having a conversation with my amazing mum, who is also a frontline NHS worker. And she was saying how manic it is there. And, And I was like, right, okay, I can fill that gap. I, I can do that because I'm qualified to do it. I'm trained to do it. And I just was like, well, do you need an extra hand? That's so exciting and Mm. so great that you like, one thing I know about Jess Clark is that you get up in the morning to help people. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's exactly it. It's like the reason why I do my job, like my coaching job is because I love working with people and I love seeing people like go through a journey and then be like being like yeah I feel really good like that is my favorite thing and then so then hearing my mum be like yeah we're really sure I was like I'm not just gonna sit here and be like okay sorry about that especially in this early stage there are like two different types of people that are getting the vaccine one is like people that have been locked away and kind of you know kept out of public to keep them as safe as possible and then the other is like the people that are the most public who are out there at the most risk and you fall into that camp and I'm kind of interested in what it feels like as someone who is having to be out on the front line and that kind of feeling of that extra layer of protection that kind of is helping to keep you safe what's that like? I feel really, really blessed to have been in a position where I started my job, got the vaccine. And now I feel like, especially being around people and I obviously I'm coming into contact with people every day. And I like, I have had quite an an anxious disposition about it. Like I go to Tesco's and freak out because it is just with obviously what's going on. It it's, second nature to me to just automatically sort of like step away from people so being in a position now where I am surrounded by people every day but just knowing I'm like I am 70% safer than I was a week ago like that and that's so and it's it's just this like hopeful feeling of like if I'm now feeling safer being near effectively strangers every day Imagine what it's going to be like then when like other people that I know and love have also had their vaccines and I can go and see them. Like it's just a stepping stone into then, okay, now like I feel safer at work. So then what happens after that? Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't been to a big supermarket since, well, for nearly a year now. But one of the things I'm most excited for having back is like, oh, I can't wait to browse Lidl. (laughs) 
Yeah. Just like little things like that, just now knowing that you have that extra layer of like security so that you can do that. And all the other stuff that then comes after it is even for somebody who hasn't been shielding it, it opens up another door to then a, a, like a light at the end of the tunnel of normal life. Right. I can't wait to like pick my fruit and veg without fearing for my life. <laughs> yeah. For people like you who are seeing people every single day because there's a necessity, there's a need there that, you know, life does have to go on. The National Health Service does have to keep running. It's nice to know that that kind of feeling transfers from the mundane silliness of picking apples in Lidl through to Mm -hmm. being patient facing in the NHS. Yeah. And a lot of people that I'm seeing are like older generation and obviously some people who have pre-existing conditions. So the likelihood then is that the majority of people that I'm coming into contact with have also had their vaccines. And that's like an extra thing as I'm like, I've had mine, you've had yours. That means that we can have a conversation. Obviously, like we're still wearing masks, we're in a very safe clinical environment, but it's just, it's like this little thought at the back of my head that I'm like, oh, I don't have to be so afraid of it. Obviously, I'm still aware of it, but I'm not afraid to talk to people because I'm like, I'm safer, you're safer. How nice. Yeah, because anxieties and worries and fears are all really natural, important parts of life. And I think one of the things about this whole situation is that some of those are not only rational, Mm. but are really useful because they are the things that keep Mm. us safe. But also there's something in what you're saying there that we don't want them to go into overdrive and the vaccination kind of reweights the scales a little bit, doesn't it? it? And it allows for us to start to calm some of those worries and anxieties down a little bit and start to move into being able to do more. Yeah. And it, It is exactly that difference between being afraid and overly anxious of like, what could happen if I don't do this one thing? All the repercussions that then come after that, like you say, can put you into that overdrive that then I think perpetuates into this overwhelming sense of when is this going to end? Am I ever going to be able to just live my life without having a constant worry for my mortality in a way like if we go really like over to one side to then just a I am still aware that this is happening it is still in the news it is still around me all the time however I feel at a a more comfortable level with where this is going That was the first part of my interview with Jess. I'm so grateful that she came to join me on the podcast and was my first ever interview guest. I highly recommend following Jess on Instagram. She is friendly and relatable, but her advice is helpful and practical. You can find her on Instagram at Clark underscore PT. In next week's episode, I'll share the second half of the interview where we talk about fitness and using changes in our lives to create new, healthy routines. 
I can't wait to share it with you. But until next week, look after yourselves and look after each other. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe in your podcast player of choice. And if you've got any questions or comments, then find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X, both on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time. 